Hey, Forge family. First thing this week, I want to know who you served, who you went to, went out of your way to care for, to help this week. Our last week's podcast addressed a spiritual discipline of service. And my prayer is that we, Forge Church and beyond, that the body of Christ will rise up to serve the disadvantaged, the broken, the poor, the overlooked, the bewildered, and the bewitched. Only Holy Spirit can break those kinds of bondages. Not entitlements, not refuge cities and schools, not more money, not accessible medical care. Because Holy Spirit knows the desperate needs of the down and outer, as well as the up and outer 1%. Where has he called you to serve? In Jesus' name? Lord Jesus, you knew the needs of the body, the soul, and the spirit when you were faced with needy people. And you served them. Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, the capacity to see and process the unseen and know heaven is engaged with us and it will inform us with what to do. We would be your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. So several of the podcasts in our Spiritual Formation series have addressed forms of prayer. Uh, we talked about listening prayer, breath prayers, the praying back to God, the scriptures and prompts of the heart using the Lectio Divina. And now I want us to note two other forms of prayer because they are familiar, often used, and lead us toward thanksgiving and praise to God when answers come, when insights flow, Obviously, that, that, that's followed by growth and, and breakthrough in our spiritual walk with God. So I'm going to read a little section out of Matthew chapter 6 for us. If you want to grab your Bible, follow along. Jesus is talking in this chapter, started out this chapter, we're talking about Jewish leaders in his day whose lifestyle was filled with ways to parade and display their righteousness in public. The giving of alms to the needy and the public prayer uh, were noted as in the first seven verses. And Jesus basically said, they, they've got their reward in full. So what I want us to do is begin reading in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to verse 13. Here it is. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, the end of verse 13, where it continues, it says, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That final 
phrase is not included in the earliest manuscripts, the best manuscripts of Matthew's Gospel. It probably was later, uh, appended in there, added in later, by a copyist who was caught up in prayer to, and to keep honoring God, awesome as he is. So, Forge family, when we make our needs known to God, Jesus says to come in a specific way before we pray, and yes, yes, in addition to that, he hears the shout for protection, for needs, the burst of prayer that comes out of our lips in the instant. Now, for example, last fall, I was ascending a large stepladder to get from the roof of a veranda porch to the second floor roof. I was up there for the purpose of blowing the leaves and, and clutter and, and duff out of the gutters before the winter storms. And as I was climbing up, no problem. But as I began to climb down, I was wearing the, a backpack blower and the snout, the long hose of the blower, got entangled in the steps below me. So I had to step up two steps and reach down and kind of work that snout out of the stairs, the steps. And then I had to lean a little bit to the left to make sure that that hose didn't get trapped in the steps again. And as I leaned left, the right-hand foot of the ladder 10 feet below me slipped, shifted and slipped and began to slide. It, pit, you know, it pivoted the ladder, threw me over backwards, and the ladder started to slide down the veranda roof, and I'm in midair going over backwards. And out of my mouth immediately came the shout, Jesus! And I came crashing down on top of the backpack blower, on top of the ladder, which stopped sliding. And yes, I was wrenched about a bit, bruised mostly, but profoundly grateful that I did not continue sliding upside down off the veranda roof to the ground below. And yes, I know my petition, my, my unvoiced prayers are heard in heaven as well. The second part of prayer that I want to address uh, needs some focus as part of, of spiritual formation. Last Sunday, Jan highlighted the intercessory prayer that is being called out for the 50-year commemoration of the Summer of Love in San Francisco in 1967. Um, that was the Haight, what, you know, what happened in the Haight-Ashbury. The, the, the music scene, the drug scene, the free love movement. And, and from those, those three streams, darkness literally enslaved generations around the world. So how do we intercede? Well, has God placed a need for someone else in your heart? A powerful desire to pray for them. Now, whether they were involved in, in, in this summer of love thing in 1967, 50 years ago, or they're descended from that, or they're, they're just trapped in that same system of, of uh, dark music, drug culture, free love. All right, second, has God activated you and your compassion for 
the children and the grandchildren of the hippie generations who are, they are just out there. They have no connection to Jesus whatsoever. Has he activated you and your God-given compassion to pray for Yazidi girls who are uh, kidnapped into slavery to ISIS men? You have compassion for orphans, trafficked children, gang members, family members on drugs. Well, then you pray. Third, has, has God lifted up your eyes to the city you live in? I regularly hear Stephanie in our midst talking about the city she lives in and wanting to make a difference because she lives there. And, and even to the extent of thinking of running for office to, you know, to have an impact on the community. Has, then you pray. So has God lifted your eyes to the city, to the county, to the state, to the nation, and beyond? Well, then you pray. George Otis Jr.'s series on transformation and his books entitled Informed Intercession and um, The Twilight Labyrinth, they, they were awakening to me. And to our family, they explained why there had been ministry failure <laughs> previously. And, and they, they added a whole new tool set for how to pray specifically for the ministries that we were involved in at the time. <clears throat> now, when we enter into informed intercession, it includes the insight from Holy Spirit and the gift of discernment to often precisely identify underlying spiritual causes, events in the natural, generational patterns, etc. So that prayer flows in power to see God's kingdom established there in the midst of great need. Day after day, our media in the United States keeps... Um, Speaking about confusion in Washington, D.C., that puts it mildly. And, and, and brothers and sisters, we have not prayed for other first-hand reports that counter that fake news and vicious lies. We are remiss. We need to pray for heavenly vision to see what the needs are in the executive branch, in the Congress, and in the Supreme Court of our land. Because there's turmoil there right now. I know personally, and I, and I know of intercessors who have been caught up into a vision, transported by Holy Spirit, if you will, to see, to feel, to touch, to witness, to learn, so that when they come back into their own body, they pray in such a way that it flows with blessed assurance that Jesus is still on the job, that his kingdom is not faltered, and that not one sparrow falls unnoticed. So, Forge family, when we enter into intercessory prayer and inquire of heaven what is really happening, and it's happening just out of our sight, heaven answers, and heaven reveals and heaven focuses our prayers so that we begin to pray as we ought. Come thy kingdom, be done thy will 
here on earth. Not every believer starts out as an intercessor. But when, but often, you know, when we're confronted with lost family members, that we, you know, it's on our heart, lost friends that are on our heart, then, then spiritual warfare either directed at us or at someone else or at an institution or a region, we all are drawn to pray in a heaven-impassioned way. I know of missionary bands that set members aside to intercede, to, to not go overseas, but to stay behind and pray to see a harvest of souls come flooding into the kingdom. I know of frontline missionaries when you know they where they live, they've buried they've buried their team members, some of them, where life and death are, are an everyday a reality. You know, who, who gather a network of intercessors to pray for holy coverage, to pray for medical procedures, to pray for protection when dealing with drug traffickers and arms dealers and sex traffickers. I know bands of fellowship who set themselves apart to pray for unreached people groups, for military chaplains, for athletes who love Jesus and who are, have an excellent skill level so that they compete on a global stage openly witnessing about Jesus. To pursue church growth without intercessory prayer is to leave the spark plugs on the workbench and expect to turn the key and drive the car away. Cesar Castellanos, pastor of a mega church in Bogota, Colombia, tells a story about cell group leaders that were vastly successful I mean, totally disproportionately successful in raising up other leaders in his 60,000-member church. Cesar said that those that saw divine multiplication in the number of new believers and new cells in their, in their group and, and, and uh, new converts and uh, new leaders rising to take over these cell groups, they were the leaders who prayed for hours every day for the believers in their cells, for the leaders that were over cells, and for the unbelievers by name who had not yet come to Jesus. So, Forge family, what place, where, where has God placed on your heart? Who has God placed on your heart? What has God placed on your heart to pray for? When you find yourself in intercessory prayer, it is because God has placed you there, assigned you there, and he will begin to equip you to use the weapons of our warfare in prayer to see his plans established. Let's pray. Father God, Thank you for giving teachers to our body, to the body of Christ, so that we can become better equipped to pray for our needs and the needs of others, our nation and nations. We want to be those who have access to heaven to see what you are doing next and pray that into reality in the natural. 
come thy kingdom. Be done thy will. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, Forge, I love you. I'll see you soon. God bless.